Welcome to The Healing Ground Movement, a podcast dedicated to revolutionizing how we think about our bodies and our health. I'm your host, Dr. Carly Hudson, DC, and I have lived my life in pursuit of holistic healing and care that goes beyond symptom management. If you've been listening and like what you're hearing, head over to your favorite platform and leave us a review so we can reach more people with our important message. Enjoy today's episode. Welcome to another episode of the Healing Ground Movement Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Carly Hudson, and with us today, we have Ray Thomas. Ray is a program therapist at an eating disorder treatment center and the co-owner of The Recovery Box. After walking her own journey of recovery from an eating disorder, she is passionate about helping others find recovery, whether through formal treatment or less traditional resources. And definitely a big proponent of education around eating disorders and body dysmorphia. Yes, so. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, I'm so excited to have you here and to Yay. share a little bit about your story. Yeah, yeah for sure. Wonderful. So just to start, when, when was movement fun for you? When do you Yeah. Um, gosh, I was thinking about this this morning and I have always had a lot of movement in my life I Mm -hmm. like played soccer did volleyball tennis karate dance like everything Mm -hmm. but I don't think it was really fun until I was in high school and I um parents said you know you need to find something to do outside (laughs) like extracurricular and so found color guard Mm -hmm. and I think that was like performing that was like the first time that I really really enjoyed it um and then after that had a stint of like oh this really isn't as fun and what changed you know I think it was going into college and then I was a dance major for a short period of time gotcha and it changed (laughs) it from like this fun extracurricular that I got to be with friends and stuff like Mm -hmm. that to okay I'm dancing you know eight plus hours a day and this is my schooling now like this is my job and I eventually like dipped out of that and just danced in my free time and now that's where I really like love movement is dance and like group um exercise stuff that's when movement is my most fun that's fantastic yeah I find it interesting now that we've been asking this question for months that it feels like it's a lot of movement and the fun and using your body and engaging mm-hmm. with it comes from that motivation that we've heard yes. that we've heard stories of people that movement wasn't fun until I discovered competition mm-hmm. or in your case movement stopped being fun when it became sort of a competitive obligation yep. and it's really what drives us and drives our desires around our yes. body and I imagine that might lead into a little bit of what we'll talk about as well today. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I'm sure it will. <laughs> but, um, just, so, so to have these pieces and this just movement for you, mm-hmm. movement for fun in your body. Yeah. Um, tell us a little bit about your journey through getting to this place of helping others with eating disorders and body yeah. dysmorphia and your own, your own piece of it. Yeah, for sure. So... Um, you know, lots of things contribute to eating disorders in my mm-hmm. cases. Um, <clears throat> certainly one of those where the societal pressures and the mm-hmm. emphasis that we have on appearance and thinness and all of that was a contributing factor. But also, you know, I was 14 when my eating disorder started mm-hmm. and um, there was so much else going on in my life that it was the only way to control, mm-hmm. the only way to cope. And it became a, my eating disorder and controlling my body became a sense of power for me that I didn't feel like I had power in any other area of my life life, or had even lost power mm-hmm. um, in some areas. And so that continued for four plus years. And actually January, it, I'll be 
eight years in recovery. Congratulations. Um, thank you. Yeah, I'm very excited about it. It's been a long journey. Um, but movement was always definitely a piece of it, too. Mm-hmm. Um, because I remember even from a very early age, movement and exercise was not always necessarily about fun. It was, I need to go to the gym in -hmm. order to X, Y, and Z in order to fit into X, Y, and Z or be, you know, X amount of weight. And so through my eating disorder, movement became extreme. And Mm -hmm. it, in one sense, I had like the color guard and this extracurricular outlet that was very fun, but then I was also going to the gym and just really punishing my body with movement. And so we can use that movement as um, very unhealthy kind of obligatory need to to earn space, to earn calories. Um, and again, it seems to fit into that area of control as, as well. Yeah. Energy in, energy out. Yes. It, it kind of doesn't surprise me, um, having been a 14-year-old girl as well, <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that that's a time when we seek to grab that control mm-hmm. and to feel so lost in the rest of our life. Yep. Is that um, kind of a, a common start? We hear so many teenagers yeah. dealing with it. Um, <laughs> I mean, through my work, uh, we've... We've had people that have struggled with their eating mm-hmm. disorder since they were five or six. Oh my goodness! Um, and it really, and then there's some individuals that don't struggle with an eating disorder mm-hmm. um, until they're in their forties. Mm-hmm. It's it really the eating disorder piece is so interesting in that it can span this very wide range. But you know, when I am talking about body image and movement and and that with clients we always go back to what messages did you receive as a kid and as a child? Mm -hmm. Um, And so even if the eating disorder doesn't necessarily start at that young age, I think the seeds for it are planted at that young age for sure. How we learn to value our body Mm -hmm. or food or movement. Yes, 100%. So so you began at 14 and then Mm -hmm. now eight years into recovery. What was your journey to recovery like? What what sort of resources were available to you? Yeah, I had a really interesting journey. you know, through high school, I got a little about a little bit of like outpatient services and therapy, going to the doctor every week, had a dietitian, um, and then it just kind of went under the radar and <laughs> kind of faked it um, for a while, very honestly. And then once I kind of got through high school, I was like, I I don't want to do this anymore. This is ruining my life. And I I had a moment where I was like, I this could kill me. Well, do you mind sharing that that turning point? Yeah, for sure. I was actually, so I was modeling at the time. That's like what I wanted to do. Very <laughs> stereotypical, like eating disorder story, right? And I'm always like, no, it wasn't just the modeling. <laughs> There's so many other things behind it. This, this, but, this does not beget an eating disorder. Yes. There's layers. <laughs> yeah, very many layers. Um, yeah, so I was at this conference agency in LA, and I remember sitting with an agent she was like oh we love you we really want to bring you out and you know have you work with us she was like you just need to like lose another two inches off your hips and thighs and I just remember stopping and being like I there's no way like Mm -hmm. I am killing myself just to be the size I am now Mm -hmm. I I don't know what what like flipped in my head, but I'm so grateful that it happened that I just had a moment of like, I can't do this anymore. That's wonderful. I have to get help and I, I need to, I need to start living again. Um, the, the audacity of that last request to yeah. the scale for you. Yeah. It was yeah. just like, I, what, how, like, I don't, I'm, you know, I'm working so hard in the worst way possible. Mm-hmm. Um, 
to do this, I can't do anymore. I just, my body was already shutting down and I was having like fainting spells and the medical aspect was very much showing up. And so, yeah, after that, I, um, I kind of did it on my own and I don't know why I didn't reach out for help, but I just very slowly was like, okay, well, I need to stop this behavior and this behavior and, Mm -hmm. um, started looking into like intuitive eating and and things like that and just kind of did my own journey. And it's been a really long eight years, but after this eight years, I'm like very, very solidly in recovery. So (laughs) that's wonderful. Yeah. Thank you. Well, and I think there's a lot of value that comes to um, the resources you find looking into yourself and not Mm -hmm. that we should all grin and bear and grit through things on our own. There's certainly an opportunity to learn, but when you can be honest with yourself and have that difference between Uh, the sort of you were in recovery Mm -hmm. but faking it moments and then this true reality of I'm going to see what my behaviors are and actively change them. Mm -hmm. When it comes down to changing any kind of um, disorder within ourselves, chronic, it's about the behaviors that we're doing to sustain it Mm -hmm. and the strength to be honest with yourself about them. And is, is that what you bring to, to the recovery box and now helping treat otherwise? Yes, mm-hmm. for sure. So I think, you know, it's myself and two other girlfriends of mine that run it. And um, we each have our own stories and connections with the mm-hmm. eating disorder world. And something that we found, and I definitely feel this with my own story, was that, okay, so some people can go to like a treatment center and go get, you know, therapy and, and really go that traditional route. But some people, A, don't have the resources, the funds, mm-hmm. the insurance, et cetera, to do that. Um, and B, like some people just don't feel comfortable going that route yet. Mm-hmm. And we never wanted to leave people just kind of fishing in this world of like, I want to be in recovery, but I don't know what to do. And what what's sort of keeps people from wanting to go that route, to dive into the mm-hmm. treatment centers? Yeah, I think a lot of fear. Mm-hmm. Um, a, <laughs> it is as much as you want to recover, there's a lot of fear in going down that route because for some of these people, you know, and for myself too, the eating disorder was all I had known for my really formative years. So it was Mm -hmm. like, I don't even know how to be in the world without my eating disorder. And I think for some, it takes a lot smaller steps um, and a lot smaller steps of, okay, well, why don't I just maybe like look into what I think about food and my relationship with food mm-hmm. rather than going to a therapist to be like, okay, I need to get rid of my eating disorder. Cool, cool tricky, we're out. Right, yeah. yes. But you make a really valid point, and I think it's often missed around eating disorders is that even though it is a culturally accepted negative mm-hmm. aspect, nobody would want to hold on to this or wish it. It is still who you are, and particularly when we talk about people starting at four or five years old, Mm -hmm. there's almost no conscious memory before it. And Mm -hmm. so whether it's something that you are desperate to get rid of, it is still part of your identity. So you're almost asking people to cold turkey, forget yourself and start over. Yeah. That's a big ask. Oh, I... It is something, you know, working as a therapist in in eating disorder treatment, it is so hard to watch um, every day when someone so desperately wants to get rid of the eating disorder because Mm -hmm. it has ruined so many parts of their life and and oftentimes has landed them very close to death. Mm -hmm. But they just are so fearful of what that means and don't even know how to be or show up in the world after that. And it, the the dissonance and the struggle and the emotions around that 
it is so hard to watch and I feel so honored that I get to walk with people through that journey Mm because it's I honestly think recovering from an eating disorder is like one of the hardest things you can ever do, um, especially in our culture, right? Yeah. Like there, there is still this aspect of, well, no, you should keep working out. You should be thin. You should do X, Y, and Z. And so by recovering from an eating disorder, you are very consciously rebelling from that idea. Mm-hmm. So not only are you dealing with your own emotions, trauma, et cetera, et cetera, and coping skills, you're also having to defy society and defy culture, which is terrifying. It is. Because <laughs> that's how our world bases acceptance. It is. And we are programmed to want to stay within the herd. Yes. That is a huge part of the human condition and human experience mm-hmm. is I depend on my tribe to keep yes. me alive and well. And if my tribe says I value thinness Mm-hmm. And and working out and that sort of grit, mm-hmm. how dare I say no and risk excommunication right. on a daily basis while trying to be someone I never knew I could be. Yes. That's a big mountain to climb. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's huge. And the rewards are amazing and mm-hmm. beautiful. And the I'm constantly reminding people like Yes, you are fighting society every day, but what you gain mm-hmm. by recovering from an eating disorder is so worth yeah. every fight of the culture and of what you've known. It's just the freedom that you gain is beautiful. And I, I'm sure, you know, the other thing I see too is the freedom from obligatory movement and having movement be fun. Again, that's mm-hmm. a beautiful thing of freedom that I get to witness as a therapist. And it's, it's so cool for people to be like, you know what, I went rock climbing today and I didn't go overboard. I, I stopped when I felt like my body needed to stop and I had fun and it's <sighs> the most beautiful thing to see. It like almost makes me cry every day. I see it. So, well, and I, I, that's a lot of the reason why I ask when was movement first fun for you Yeah, is it's what I see in my office as well. And I will talk about sort of tools for, for practitioners when mm-hmm. we see kind of these disordered thoughts around yeah. movement and food is that, you know, you don't have to be in a place of a full-blown eating disorder, just more, mm-hmm. well, a full-blown eating disorder that's that's putting your life at risk to have dysmorphia mm-hmm. and to have these societal implications of how you should earn your cake yeah. and how you should be working out. Yeah. And when I ask people to move for fun, and whether that's yoga or dancing in their living room mm-hmm. or going for a walk with their grandkids or playing collegiate hockey at a competitive yeah. level, all of it can be fun. And all mm-hmm. of the motivations for doing it should be fun for that person. Right. And I will never play anything competitively. It will turn me off immediately. <laughs> so my fun will never be that. Right. But I should move. And you should dance. Yes. But for you. Exactly. Yeah, 100% I agree with that. And and to talk about that as a gift of changing the way we look at our bodies, Mm -hmm. I think, is is an often missed one. Yeah. Because movement is freedom, and our bodies can offer that. Yes. Yeah, Uh and it's so empowering, too, to to have ownership of your body and Mm -hmm. say, this is how I want to show up in the world with my body. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's mine, <laughs> and I'm choosing this. Yeah. It's, it's really cool. Well, it's sort of rewriting that discussion of control, that mm-hmm. when you talk about that the food and the movement was the only thing that you had control yeah. over, in a sense, that remains true. Mm-hmm. But how we decide to do it is with different direction. Right. 
Yeah. yeah. I, I always yeah. say, you know, and it's, I mean, it's, it's a weird way to think of it, but the things that make you great, quote unquote, at your eating disorder <laughs> can make you really great at recovery too. Like what? Determination, mm -hmm. discipline, <laughs> right? Like all of these things mm -hmm. that you're just like, okay, I'm going to get up at this time and work out for this time every single day. It's like, okay, you have a lot of discipline. Awesome. How do we turn that into recovery? <laughs> discipline to say, okay, I am going to wake up and I'm going to ask myself if I want to move today and I'm not going to move if I don't want to move. <laughs> and that same discipline, it's just a it's flipping it on its head yeah. to this really, truly holistic, healthy mindset. Hard to do, but yeah. possible. <laughs> but it's nice that in that sense, you really don't have to forget who you are. Mm -hmm. I mean, yes, there is a sense of, of your behavior being different. But if you are a highly disciplined, driven person, mm -hmm. you are still that person. Yeah. But you can do it with body freedom. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, what a gift. What yeah. an amazing, amazing piece. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. <laughs> this stuff gets me jazzed. I just, I love it so much. Oh, me too. Well, and I think there are so many ways that we, we shortchange our bodies and we get mm -hmm. into that sort of societal pressure and that rebellion. And it's a conversation we've had often on this podcast of mm -hmm. if you are choosing health, and whatever arena of health that looks like, you are in a sense choosing to rebel against what has become a kind of depressed and anxious world that we live in. Yes. And um, you know, what if that, there was this quote I heard and I'm going to butcher it, that what if um, this anxiety and depression and need mm. for control is exactly the right adaptation to a sick society? Mm. You know, these, this is not unwell, but simply the only thing you can do to exist within this world. Wow. And instead, Ooh. we have to harness that into the rebellion of I'm going to choose health. Yeah. Wow. Right? That gave me goosebumps. Ooh, I like that. <laughs> I got to go find – I heard it. I was, I was meeting with someone. He'll be on the podcast in a couple weeks. Mm -hmm. But he, he shared that with me, and it stopped me wow. dead in my tracks. Yes. Yeah. Ooh, I'm going to have to journal on that later. Yeah, I like it. A good one. So, <laughs> so we're all adapting, and in a sense, this health and rebellion mm -hmm. is challenging society. So on that vein, um, when we talked before, you mentioned um, – you know, how do we see these signs in our mm -hmm. clinical practice? How can we, or even at the gym or at the yoga studio, yes. how can we see people existing within this world of restraint and conformity and mm -hmm. say, I want to see you, I want to help you? Mm -hmm. What yes. does that look like? It's So this is interesting, you know, um, the team with Recovery Box, we've done a few trainings in the past at gyms and mm -hmm. at yoga centers and kind of saying, so do you know what the warning signs are of an eating disorder? And what's your studio's policy on if you know somebody's struggling with an eating disorder and coming to class seven days a week? Um, a lot of people don't have answers for that. And it's something that we're really trying to push of think about it, right? So some of the signs, I mean, if somebody's coming in for movement, especially if you see someone that's at the gym multiple times a day, um, long, long hours, you know, going to a point of like pure exhaustion, that can mm -hmm. be a really big warning sign. Um, rigidity 
around the routine as well. So even if somebody's injured, they're continuing to go do that movement. Mm-hmm. Um, that can be a really big stress fractures show up a lot. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, because of that, like there's an they're injury. pushing beyond that point of fatigue, mm-hmm. and and stress fractures show up when the muscles can't control the movement, right. And the bone starts to take the impact. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. When I was like, <laughs> you know this, hundred um, percent. Just to define. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Yeah. Um, and. So that, you know, also a lot of rigidity around food Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of concern about body. Body and body image and weight and food kind of becomes their whole world and all they can really think about or talk about. Um, And so those are all really big warning signs. I mean, there's others too, right? If somebody's skipping meals a lot or... um, maybe not so much that you'd see necessarily in a movement-based world, yeah. but even just with a friend, if they're saying, you know, if they're saying a lot like, oh, no, 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 like I ate earlier mm-hmm. um, and kind of constantly skipping and trying to get out of, of meals um, or if somebody's running to the bathroom right after meals mm-hmm. um, really consistently and, you know, big fluctuations in weight can be a thing. Um, hiding food is also a sign. So, you know, there's all of these different signs. Isolation is huge too, which I think makes it really hard then for people to reach out. Yeah. Because the individual is pulling back into themselves. Mm -hmm. And I think as a society, speaking to that like sick society, we kind of shy away from tough emotions and tough conversations like that. Mm -hmm. So when somebody isolates, we're like, oh, no, 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 they just need space. Yeah. We don't lean in. We pull back. We let them have that. We don't want to mm-hmm. make it more upsetting. Right. So what about to that that effect? Because I, I would think that, and, and certainly I know some places in my life I've mm-hmm. seen, I don't, the, the thought that goes, I don't want to ask, what if they get mad? What if they pull mm-hmm. away? Yeah. What if I'm wrong? Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. That, oh man, it's hard. It's hard. It's, and it's not something we practice. So the quote unquote intervention, that seems like a very strong word, but the conversation that I usually encourage people to have is, um, I see, I fear, I hope. Mm. And so, and I, that feels nice just to hear that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so saying to someone, if it's a friend or a client or Mm -hmm. whoever, you know, I, I see you coming into the gym, you know, multiple times a week. Um, I fear that this is becoming ruling of your life. I mm-hmm. fear for your health. I fear for your emotional health. I hope that you'll allow me to give you some resources or, you know, I hope that, you know, I'm here to talk if you want to work through this, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. But there's, rather than saying like, hey, so you got an eating disorder? <laughs> like, right, nobody's going to be like. Here's an anvil. I'm just going to throw it yeah, at you. Uh, yeah, that's not going to work, yeah. right? And you have a tendency to come back really defensively with like, mm-hmm. no. Mm-hmm. When you pull in the the validation of, I see you, here's what I'm fearing, here's the care that I have for you, and I'm worried yeah. about you and your hope. It's not saying, here's what you need to do, here's what you need. I have saying, the solutions for you. Yeah, because no. that's not helpful either, right? right. You want to you wanna be collaborative and be like, I'm here with you in this process. Mm-hmm. So I hope that you'll allow me to be a resource for you. I hope that you'll allow me to give you resources for therapists or, you know, whichever, or give Mm -hmm. you information on um, intuitive eating or, you know, intuitive movement and things like this. 
So that's the that's what I usually recommend, and it's easy to apply. Yeah, relatively. And you can see that applying so many situations across the board. Yes. Because how often, when we are dealing with something and struggling with mm-hmm. something, a, a chronicity of any kind. A, well, eating eating disorders are in a sense a form of addiction, but yeah. a, addictions and illness to just be seen where you're at. Yes. And for a moment, that's okay to just be you. Mm-hmm and to have a hope for something better. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I've actually had somebody use it on me. I'm very passionate about my work. Mm-hmm. I also overwork myself a lot. <laughs> um, and so I've had it used with me um, of somebody saying like, I see you working constantly. Mm-hmm. I fear that you're becoming exhausted mm-hmm. and that burnout is on the horizon. I hope that we can work together to find some space mm-hmm. for you to just be you and not working uh, all the time. What a gift. So yeah, oh, I've got some really great people in my life. I'm very <laughs> grateful for everyone. Um, so it, yeah, it can be used in really mm-hmm. serious eating disorder or just like, hey, you think maybe you should just take a breather? <laughs> you know? So yeah. That's great. Well, and it really, it does take away that, that moment of defensiveness, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. that you're just observing behavior that's there. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the other thing I tell people, if you are really concerned about someone, um, whether it's eating disorder or they're struggling with body image or, you know, dieting, et cetera, mm-hmm. et cetera, um, they might be defensive at first. You might say that and they're like, oh, no, no, like I'm fine. But you've planted a seed and you've planted a seed that says, I'm a support and I'm Mm -hmm. here for you. So even if it doesn't go well the first time, I would say the number one thing to not do is don't pull back. Keep showing up. Keep, you know, just being a good influence and being supportive in their life and they will come to you eventually. Um, So, yeah. Yeah, that's a good reminder because it is hard. There, There is that then as the person reaching out, we do also suffer from those fears of rejection mm-hmm. of not being needed yeah. by our tribe even if our tribe is suffering right but to to show up and build that new path mm-hmm. together yeah it's a absolutely. really good gift yeah so you mentioned earlier on about you know some people are ready to dive into the whole treatment center mm-hmm. and just go cold turkey but for others and now we've talked about the why yeah. um not so much yeah what are other resources if you know people are struggling and it just feels like too much yeah absolutely the internet is terrifying and terrible (laughs) and there are some really amazing resources out Mm -hmm. there um everything from forums and you know national eating disorder awareness um they an association their website is fantastic between Mm -hmm. forums um there's a hotline like an eating disorder hotline that you can call to just talk things through um to just basic information on eating disorders Mm -hmm. and what treatment might look like so if somebody's really like, uh, I don't know if I want to just like call up a treatment center and start this process, online is a really good place. Um, and Nita is, is one of the best. And then also, like I said, like this is where Recovery Box came in, that we mm-hmm. were like, okay, people are needing tools that either they're not ready for treatment or they've done the treatment game and now they're out Mm -hmm. and still need support. So, you know, we've got things like journals with journal prompts and feelings wheels and, um, you know, to dive into that feeling aspect. And we just came out with our recovery planner that's basically planning your life but prioritizing recovery and how do you mix those two in your life um, when treatment isn't either an option or you're not in treatment full-time anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, online is a really 
really great resource. It's also just like a lot of self-reflection and being honest with yourself. Yeah. And maybe at some point you get to treatment or therapy and that works. And maybe it's just taking little steps here and there of, okay, I know this is a behavior. I know I'm going to the gym seven days a week right now. Why don't next week I try for just six? Mm -hmm. See how that goes. You know? All of those little steps still Mm -hmm. really matter. Yes. And they're worth it. Absolutely, 100%. And, you know, of course I'm going to say, like, treatment is so incredible and can help you so much. And if you really are struggling, like, go find a therapist and something like that. But if that isn't an option for you, there are other ways to do this. You're Mm -hmm. not just, like... SOL or hopeless. <laughs> True. <laughs> yes. Well, and I like the acknowledgement of recovery box and what you're looking at is bringing all of this into your day to day. Because I think that there is something, as we talk about this this daily rebellion of society, yeah. is that you can, if you do go to that retreatment, uh, retreat treatment center, yeah. and you step away from the norms of society, mm-hmm. you still have to reenter at some point. You have to come off the mountain. Yes. <laughs> yes. And that is harder in many, many ways because it is that constant act of rebellion. So talk mm-hmm. a little bit more about Recover Box. Is this something yeah. that people order and then it's delivered to them? And yeah. 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 So it's it's been a really fun journey. <laughs> um, it was started by a dietitian in Lincoln, Nebraska. I went to school in Lincoln. Um, so mm-hmm. that's how I know her. her name's Emily Estes. She's wonderful. Um, very grateful for her. So she originally started it. And Myself and my best friend kind of started working with her on it. And then uh, beginning of this year, she wanted to focus on other things. And we said, all right, well, we'll take this over. So we bought over the company and um, have made a lot of changes and adjustments. Mm -hmm. And things have gone really well. We have big visions for the future. (laughs) So right now we have like an original um, recovery box and that has um, a feelings wheel in it, which people find very helpful to just like hang around with. Um, with them throughout the day of, mm-hmm. I don't know what the heck I'm feeling right now, yeah. um, but also bringing into therapy. Uh, there's a... And the, and just to pause for a moment. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah, so the feelings wheel, the application of that around mm-hmm. those those needs of control around eating and yes. movement, where does the feelings wheel come in as a tool? How do we use that? Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. So um, I know sometimes I, since <laughs> I work in this world every day, I'm like, oh yeah, identify your feelings. Mm-hmm. People are like, Why? What? Why do I need to do that? I am happy, sad, tired. <laughs> yes. That's it. Those are I'm good. Stressed. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh yeah, stressed. Stressed. Happy, sad, tired, stressed. That's it. That's it. Yes. That's enough to get through the day, right? Yeah, no. Oh. Okay. Well then okay. Tell, tell me more then. <laughs> um yeah, so identifying your feelings is huge. There's actually research and I can't quote the article right off the top of my head, but there's research that just by identifying what you're feeling can lower the intensity of that emotion, mm. um, which is really cool. And there are a ton more, right? Within sad, you've got hopeless and abandoned. Um, within happy, you can have joyful, content. Like there's so many other mm-hmm. feelings that we experience. Um, but most of the time, how I see it being really helpful is if somebody's having an urge, so to kind of come back to the movement piece, somebody, you know, is just, completed their meal plan, completed their meal, and they're like, oh, I need to go compensate for this. I need to go for a run or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, pulling out that feelings wheel, pausing for a second, saying, what am I feeling in the moment? Okay, maybe I'm feeling overwhelmed. There's maybe a little guilt going mm-hmm. on, maybe a little bit of shame, fear about body image. And then we say, okay, so let's take those emotions. How do I address these emotions? Hmm. Because the running 
isn't really going to, I mean, short term, it might help with feeling overwhelmed, but within an hour probably, or, you know, less or more, whichever, it's going to come back. Yeah. So how do I really cope with those emotions? Well, because in a, in a sense, and, and we have so many ways to numb, mm-hmm. yes. running and getting into any kind of exercise routine that we push ourselves till we don't mm-hmm. feel our body, we're also not feeling our emotions. Yep. It's escapism. Yes. So it's 100%. not truly dealing with shame right. or guilt or overwhelm. Yeah. It's, it's literally running away. Yeah, literally. Yes, <laughs> pushing case. it down and running away. Exactly. And yeah. you're right. That's only a short term. And I don't even want to use the word solution here. It's just a short term choice. Yeah. 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 It's a, a short term avoidance. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. So, so the feelings wheel can really break it down and say, mm-hmm. okay, here's what I'm feeling. Now, what do I do to deal with the overwhelm feeling? Well, I probably need something that feels really grounding right now. Okay, mm-hmm. what's really grounding for me? Meditation, maybe, maybe aromatherapy. You know, maybe it's talking to my mom or, mm-hmm. or whatever supports you have. And so it, it kind of breaks things down from, oh, I just ate all this food <laughs> to here's what I'm feeling. How do I actually cope with those feelings? Fabulous. Good. Yeah. Yeah. All so right. that's the that's the feelings wheel. Awesome. Um, okay. So then also yeah. in the boxes. Yes. Um, <laughs> so we've got. Uh, a journal with journal prompts written inside because oftentimes free journaling is hard for people. So mm-hmm. we've got some journal prompts pre-written in there. Um, everything from what makes you smile to, you know, what would it be like to live without care, concern for your body, wow. uh, which is really interesting, mm-hmm. or your body image, so to say. Um, we've got some putty in there because <laughs> like myself, I'm, you know, I have anxiety and I always am needing to like fidget with something. Mm-hmm. So we've got putty in there to fidget with. Fidget putty, awesome. Yes, Good stuff. absolutely. Um, and then the last thing in there is a, a mirror cling. Mirrors are wonderful and terrible all at the same time, just like the internet and social media. Exactly. <laughs> um, they offer their own challenges and gifts. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So we've got a mirror cling on there that just says, this is your story, keep fighting. Um, because we notice within ourselves and, and I've noticed uh, within my clients that looking in the mirror can be a huge trigger for those mm-hmm. eating disorder thoughts and behaviors and really critiquing the way the body looks rather than how the body feels. Mm. So, you know, maybe you do need to look in the mirror to get ready yeah. in the morning and things like this. But having that reminder on your mirror that says, uh-uh, this is your story. You choose how you show up in this world and kind of giving that power back. Beautiful. Yeah. So again, it's, it's shifting that focus mm-hmm. internally. Yes. Into that feeling. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And then we've got, oh my gosh, let's see. We're working right now on a new affirmation card deck. So that will be coming soon. We're very excited. Um, and, you know, things like one meal, one breath, one bite at a time. Mm-hmm. Um, really eating disorder and body image focus. You are more than your body. Um, your values are more important <laughs> than society's values. Yes. Things like this. Mm-hmm. Um, got I am cards, another very like empowering kind mm-hmm. of tool. Um, yeah. And then, like I said, our recovery planner. So and yeah. more, more, more to come. We have a lot planned for 2020. That's fabulous. And it just, it sounds like all of these tools are really opportunities to question the tropes that Mm -hmm. we've been taught. Yes. And engage, engage with that cognitive dissonance, engage with that um, struggle between what I think I know and what I feel I know. Yes. And letting that feel win more often Mm -hmm. to the benefit of your health. Yes, (laughs) absolutely. Yeah. We've even got a magnet that says F 
diet culture. <laughs> um, so we have a lot yeah. of we have a lot of people that put that on their fridge as a That's reminder awesome. every time they open their fridge that nope, not today. Diet culture, <laughs> not gonna get it. Not today. Yeah. <laughs> and and it's a really important point to make about this diet culture mm-hmm. and that really difficult, awkward, gray nuance of. Yeah. Yes, in society, we are being fed so much crap food that doesn't serve and doesn't fuel our body. Mm -hmm. So there's a sense of needing to intuitively Mm -hmm. regulate. Again, all these words are just riddled with landmines. But to know what to eat to feed your body for health. Mm -hmm. And that is different than a diet culture of I am going to eat this, count this, manage this for a goal on a scale. Yes. And oftentimes now, and we'll have a a couple of functional medicine doctors coming on soon talking about diet and nutrition, Mm -hmm. that if we seek to eat foods that are to remedy and heal um, inflammation and illness internally Mm -hmm. and make that the sole goal, your body becomes a size and shape that is comfortable and sustainable to you. Yes. Versus trying to beat the size and shape yeah. And never taking care of what's on yes, the inside. Yes, absolutely. I mean, that's, mm-hmm. in, I can't say enough about um, the books Intuitive Eating um, mm-hmm. and Health at Every Size. Health at Every Size by Linda Bacon just totally changed my view on on health and bodies and food and mm-hmm. and really finding, yeah, like sometimes I'm craving a salad and I, <laughs> you know, I need the spinach and the iron and, and all the good nutrients that come from that and finding joy within food too mm-hmm. and finding balance between, okay, here's what my body seems like it's craving. And I also really want to have that cupcake yeah. and you can have both. Yes. And that balance of it. And then your body will fall in line to whatever, whatever it needs to be. Mm-hmm. And that looks different for every single person. Yes. We so. can't, we can't have a one size fits all. We all no. come from different backgrounds. We all have different ways that we, not different ways, but different rates at which we metabolize mm-hmm. and process, and our hormones are all different. Yeah. And, you know, constantly I see um, women in my office, especially when we talk about estrogen, mm. that, you know, they are beating themselves over their head to get to be a different size, mm. and they're estrogen dominant, and that is not the, pro- you know, the food is not the problem. Yeah. And we are really only given the option it seems in day-to-day conversation to change your food Mm -hmm. and then change how you move. And then after that, if you're failing, it's because you're failing. Yeah. And that's a lot to take in and hold. Yes. Mm -hmm. And it's just so detrimental for our confidence, for Mm -hmm. our identity, for our value. I just, Mm -hmm. it's so detrimental. Yeah. So sad. Yeah. So F diet culture. Yeah. Yeah. F diet culture. (laughs) F society standards <laughs> live for you. Yes, <laughs> all all the things, all the things. Yeah, that's wonderful. So now, being eight years into recovery mm-hmm. yourself, what does success look like to you? Yeah. Um. Ooh, that's a okay. <laughs> Let me think about this. Um, I think success for me. You know, honestly, I and I actually just came to this realization mm-hmm. yesterday which is really interesting um, in my there because I still go to therapy every mm-hmm. week. I just find it really helpful and Good. would recommend it for anyone. It's um, a fabulous tool. My goodness. Oh, it's, yeah. it's like my favorite. An hour <laughs> a week to just talk about whatever I want to talk about. <laughs> to be seen. Yes. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, I, I think success for me now is 
being able to live my life beyond thinking about my eating disordered past. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think in the past and maybe two to three years ago, success was recognizing when an eating disorder thought was coming up Mm -hmm. and then effectively managing it and, you know, choosing what my body really wanted and what I really wanted um, rather than what my eating disorder wanted. Mm -hmm. And now it's shifted. Like I've really got that down. The eating disorder thoughts don't really come up that often anymore. I don't love my body every day, but I'm just like, all right, so we're tolerating it today. (laughs) That's fine. I'm okay with that. Um, And so now it's, it's so much more than that. Success for me is living my life in regards to what I really value mm-hmm. um, and listening to my body in all instances. And when I do have a random eating disorder thought coming up, success to me is just acknowledging it and moving on. That's um, beautiful. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, it's it's been a really cool journey and it's it's cool to come to a place where I'm like, there's a lot cooler things about me than like recovering from an eating disorder. Mm-hmm. It's really cool, but I'm like so far past that. And so many things have happened. It's part of my story. Yeah. And so many things have transpired because of that. And look at all these other amazing things I've been able to do. And I think that has been, that's like my epitome of recovery is great. Got through it. Now look at this amazing life that I've built. It's, it's really beautiful. That's a that's a really beautiful and admirable thing to to reach towards. And thank you for sharing the different stages of success. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Because I think a lot of times we want to arrive at ta-da. <laughs> Here I am, living yeah. my was living my best self, hashtag. Yeah, right. And I'm a terrible millennial. Um, <laughs> so that you're just at your best self. And mm-hmm. so much of the time it's success is overcoming this impulse Mm -hmm. and now that I can overcome a larger situational impulse Mm -hmm. and where it just it seems that you've described is that it's not just about the eating disorder anymore it's living a whole life in authenticity and a whole life in values that matter to you not the societal norms and I imagine this goes beyond food and movement at this point (laughs) yeah absolutely Mm -hmm. and I yeah the stages of success Mm -hmm. are I love that you point that out. They're always changing and always different. And mm-hmm. tomorrow, success might look different for me. Yeah. And that's okay. And just to create some transparency, in the beginning of my recovery journey, success was feeding my body a decent amount that day. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, yeah. And success was getting up out of bed and going to my classes anyways. Um, so... It does. It changes. And Mm -hmm. we need to celebrate every single success um, along the way, no matter how small, Mm -hmm. no matter how small. And then to not let go of those larger successes of living in authenticity. I mean, that's that's phenomenal, too. Yeah. Yeah. So so often and again, this is, I think, a cultural trope that when we're not struggling, we have nothing to celebrate. Mm -hmm. And and to come to this place of you being very comfortable in your authenticity and you talk about the the lack of frequency with these thoughts and not to negate that they still happen. But it doesn't sound like you're in a daily struggle. You're not in a daily fight. And that is admirable, too. Yes, Mm -hmm. yes, yes. You do not have to struggle every day in order to be like, I've overcome something. Yeah, and now I must carry it in my backpack so you always know I have overcome it. Yes. Yeah. No, take it out of your backpack. Leave it there. Share it when you want to. Share it when it it, matters Mm -hmm. to the conversation. But just, like, live your life. Be you. More important things to carry. Yeah. Yeah. Wonderful. So cool. Thank you. So any 
Any last big, if you could change one thing about how we see diet culture or eating disorders, oh. what's your hope? Mm. Mm. That's, a, that's a big hope. Yeah. Um, man, there's so many things that I'd want to change. I, I think first and foremost, values are so important to me, and I think the thing that I would really truly want to change is everyone being able to honor and respect everyone's different values in life, mm -hmm. whether that be physical health, mental health, movement, whether it's a value of um, pol different and political values, mm -hmm. finding a way to honor and respect every single one of those and figuring out how to work together. Yeah. Um, with them. I, I really see the value piece as one of the bigger struggles that we have in our society. Um, thinking everyone needs to value physical health and appearance and <laughs> yeah. And it's like, no, like you can, if that's what you really want to do with your life, go do it. Like mm -hmm. I'm going to give you the information about how it could impact your mental health and you know, X, Y, and Z. And if you still decide at the end of the day that that's what you value, you go do it, and mm -hmm. I'm supportive of you. Yeah. Because it's not my place to decide what you value. And just the, that everyone does what they value in that integrity. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's a beautiful hope. Thanks. I hope for that, too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. A long way to go, but... but uh, yeah, that's, that's what we're here every that's week. Okay. That's what we're here every week discussing. Yes. In, in multifaceted ways yeah. is how can we live with that integrity and that value yes. in the ways that matter to Absolutely. us. Absolutely. And one yeah. step at a time. The thing I always remind people is society is made up of us. We mm -hmm. are society. So if we go out and we talk and we make changes and we respect and honor other people's values, we're changing society. Yeah. So. Oh, that's a beautiful thought. Oh, well, thank you. I think I can think of no yes. better way to end on that. So Perfect. Right, thank you so much for joining yeah, us today. Thank and you as well. Sharing your experience and, and your beautiful tools and resources. Thank you um, so much. Yeah. Um, <laughs> if, if you're wanting to find out more about mm -hmm. the Recovery Box, um, you can visit recoverybox-ed.com. Mm -hmm. um, you can also find us on Instagram. Our Instagram is like, for those millennials out there, <laughs> um, very active. Um, <laughs> and so it's Recovery Boxed. Um, so past tense, B-O-X-E-D. Yeah, yeah. Okay, boxed. <laughs> yes. Um, so yeah, you can find us there and feel free to message us and um, sign up for our newsletter. Keep keep an eye out for new products all the time. So, Wonderful. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank Appreciate you. Appreciate you being thank here. Thank you so much. And we'll see you next time for another episode of the Healing Ground Movement Podcast. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you for listening to today's episode. I hope you enjoyed what you heard and got a little something out of it. Now remember, the information expressed in these interviews is for informational and not diagnostic or treatment purposes. However, I hope you find that having the right information and resources can go a long way to helping you on your healthcare journey. Ask the right questions and seek out professional help.